This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. I would just like to welcome everyone who's listening out there. This is Alana Olifier and I will be your host for the next hour with my program called Body Matters. And today I'm going to be chatting to Shane Johansson from ID3 and we're going to be talking about change and how do we thrive when our whole world around us is changing. I know not many people like change, especially myself. So I am quite keen to hear what Shane has to say. So welcome, Shane. Thank you so much, Alana. It's such a privilege and an honor to be with you today. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And I'm really, really um, excited to hear your message today. Um, Shane, don't you just want to um, just introduce yourself to um, the listeners out there and just tell us what you're busy with at the moment, what you're involved in? Fantastic, yes. So my name is Shane Bradley Johansson. I've always said if your mother gave you a second name, you probably should use it. And um, and we, uh, my wife and I, are in a business called ID3, which stands for Intelligent Design Synergy. And what we really do is we help leaders and teams to thrive within the changing environment. And so we've got a consultancy, and we've also got a, a coaching practice, and I also lecture at Stellenbosch University from time to time uh, on these topics of leadership and change. Oh, that's amazing. And, um, yeah, so tell me, um, what are you um, currently, um, I, I know that you've got a webinar going at the moment. Do you just want to maybe just briefly um, tell us about that? Absolutely. I, you know, we're living in a time at the moment which is sort of an unprecedented time, really, of just continuous change. Um, and we kind of picked up uh, within the world of business and also within the world of church, people getting really tired before COVID came along. And then COVID was this big tsunami mm. that kind of dumped on all of us. Um, and um, and so right at the very beginning of um, the whole lockdown period, Rizal and I just felt that we wanted to give back something. We've been in our business for the last 20 years um, and been very blessed in that. Mm-hmm. And we really want to just give back something in terms of tools and a little bit of understanding and training um, to to the world at large, specifically to our clients, but then also just to the world at large, to really just give them some tools to help them cope uh, better with this crazy change that we've had to go through um, as a community, um, as a faith community, uh, as leaders, as followers, um, as moms and dads, you know, uh, yeah, and so that was really one of the things. So we, we actually then put together three 30-minute uh, webinars, which we've made mm-hmm. free, um, and we'll uh, you know, tell the listeners a little bit more about where they can access that maybe at the end of the show. Yes, definitely. Um, we'll give you details. They can, they can definitely get hold of those, and they can spread those as far as they want to. Okay, now that is great, Shane. Um, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll come back with this conversation afterwards. Fantastic. Hi, this is Alana Willifier and this is Body Matters and I'm chatting to Shane Johansson and we're discussing um, change and how we can thrive during the times of change. Um, Shane, you said your company is called ID3. Don't you want to tell us a little bit about 
um, your company and what you guys do and yeah, just share with us. Yeah, so like I was saying, Alana, it's, it's really an acronym and it stands for Intelligent Design Synergy. Um, and it really reflects our core philosophy, which is quite contrary to popular culture. We believe that man is an intelligent design and mm. was, was born and made and created by a divine creator. Mm. Um, and we also believe that if you can take these divine creations and you can put them together behind a common the shared set of values, and then also a commonly shared purpose, you can get that last uh, word in, mm. in, in intelligent design synergy, which is really synergy. In other words, one plus one no longer equals two, but it then starts to equal three. And then the three is also just a bit of a play on the fact that we believe that God is part of everything we're doing. We're kind yes. of making an active part of you know, even the mm. business we do, um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's really sort of the core thing. It reflects our love and our passion uh, for leadership, but also for people and, and supporting mm. people. So I guess, I guess that's the, the lion's share about ID3. So just to, just to confirm, so you've got your, your, your business, which you also have a bit of a scientific um, um, background to it, but you also mm-hmm. bring God as part of it. Um, that is part of yours to to do an overall, um, you know, holistic view of it, and um, with the with the godly principles. Absolutely. So, so what we really are very passionate about, we're passionate about the human design, and and we're just fascinated endlessly uh, with the way that God has has created mankind. Um, and so we do have uh, we've we've sort of gone and learned the language of the Sheldian, so to speak. And so a lot of what we're doing is also underpinned by uh, a field called neuroscience, okay. which, is, which is understanding a whole lot more about what's actually happening in our brains and what's actually happening in our body at a scientific level. And yes. so not just looking at that, but then connecting that with the Word of God. Mm. I studied theology initially and then went on to do a master's in coaching. Um, so we want to connect the Word of God with, with the science that underpins that. Um, and in that way, I think we really start to understand uh, the human design. I think we understand the world just a whole lot better. Yes, I think it gives it such a nice perspective. Um, right. Tell me, um, just coming back onto you know understanding people, and mm-hmm. as our topic is, you know, we said that how do we thrive when our world is changing? Why do we feel so bad when things are changing around us? Yeah, so I think, Alana, you know, firstly, I think we all have a very different um, relationship with change. So mm-hmm. if you can think of change, you know, not necessarily as some fictitious thing that's happening, but we can almost think of it as a person. We all have a very, very different uh, relationship with mm-hmm. change. So some of us, when change comes into our world, this person comes in, we feel so afraid and we feel so overwhelmed that all we really want to do is kind of just bow down and, and just do whatever will make change go away. Yeah. And so it's, it's sort of the one kind mm. of relationship with change. Um, the other one is some people, you know, get bored quite quickly, and so they really welcome change. So when change mm-hmm. walks in the front door, the first thing they do is, you know, they might give change a big hug or they put out their hand. And, or it's a new really challenge. Like, absolutely. They see it as something, you know, something to be conquered. Um, in actual fact, you know, I think something that's quite common today is they may even take a selfie with change. Um, <laughs> 
and and sort of and, yeah. and post that to the rest of the world to say, hey, look, I'm changing again. Um, and and sometimes you struggle to keep track of people when they're changing so quickly. So they yes. actually go and look. They go and look for change. They go and welcome change. But then you have some people that kind of want to have be amicable change. So mm-hmm. saying as long as change doesn't impact my life too much, um, you know, and keeps a safe distance away from me, I could probably you know, have a fair relationship with change and we can we can just be amicable with one another. But then there's some of us who, who you know, are more feisty and what we do is when change walks in the front door and takes out its loud hailer and starts making noise, we take out one too and we start shouting back at change. Yes. Um, and, and the general experience that we found is that people generally don't we are creatures of habits god has yeah. made us that way remember we made yes. to, to be in, a, in this world and in the garden that he has created for us um and so he's also built within us then certain kinds of reactions mm-hmm. um that help us to know one that things are changing um and two then to be able to cope as best with with that change and shame um, and yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Do you no. think it's got to do with personality types? I think there is something there with personality types. I think you know some personalities, uh, you know, are more prone to going to look for change, or they mm. like to see the challenge and change. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what what happens is change has an interesting way. If you think of a toothpaste tube, when you squeeze a toothpaste tube, what comes out is toothpaste. Yes. And so change has an interesting way of revealing, you know, some of our deeper core beliefs and revealing mm. what's really on the inside of us. That's very true. Warren, Warren Buffett said an interesting thing in 2008 when the, when the markets uh, crashed. And he said, um, you know, when, when the tide goes out, then you get to see who's been bathing in the nude, so to speak. <laughs> and, and I think what he was, what he was really saying, that's just financially, you know, people yes. that are living on high levels of credit suddenly feel exposed. But mm. I think in this change, what we've also seen is that emotionally, we've been running on empty. Emotionally, we've been struggling to fill our tanks. And so now when this big change came, and which requires a lot of energy, all of a sudden, we realize we don't have as much energy to give and put into this as what we would have liked. Mm. And so that also leaves us feeling a lot less like ourselves than we'd like to be. That's very true. I, I agree mm. with you. I mean, I'm not um, expressing myself. I mean, change, I don't like change. When change comes, um, it affects me physically, mentally, and emotionally. And it takes a very long time to just adjust yeah. to... But as you said, our world is ever changing. So I think it just depends on on the dynamics of the change, how severe it is, you know, um, to what extent we react to it. Yes, absolutely. We, we like to categorize change in two ways. We say, you know, there's change that happens in our environment. Mm. And often what that requires is that we make some adjustments then in how we're engaging our environment. But then there are also times when change happens sort of within us. And Mm. we we understand that every seven uh, years, you know, we go through quite a major life change. Um, If you could think, you know, the person that was single, you know, after seven years is married. Mm. um, And now they're probably are having kids and, and our lives change sort of go through these massive leaps. Um, and every time we sort of start to notice change on the horizon, um, what it also does is it has a massive impact just mm-hmm. on our physiological 
well-being. Um, sure. And so, and so, you know, maybe I can talk just a little bit yes, about what's please. happening in the brain when it comes to change. So, so we just sort of very high level. And you know, I'm by no means a neuroscientist, although I really do love the subject because it explains a lot about how we experience ourselves as human beings. But, but right at the centre of our brains, we have what we call the reptilian brain. And this brain is really responsible for all the decision-making things that need to happen automatically. So thank God mm. we don't have to think about our breathing. We don't have to think yes. about going to the loo. You know, it automatically happens. Then around that, what you've got is we've got what we call the, lim- the limbic brain. And, and it's also known as the emotional brain. Now, this emotional brain um, has a little commander in it called the amygdala. And what the amygdala is doing is the amygdala is looking out in our world because all our five senses are joined to that particular part of our brain. Um, and it's looking out in the world, and all it's looking for is pleasure and threat. Mm-hmm. And so when it sees something that is threatening, either to our ideas of change or ideas of the world or ideas of God or ideas of ourselves. Mm. And then what it will do is it will actually take over and in less less than a fifth of a second, what it will actually do is it will take control. It pumps a lot of adrenaline into our system. And Mm. adrenaline is a a hormone that really helps us to do some extraordinary things and cope. But it doesn't feel great when the Mm. adrenaline is pumping. You know, your heart rate elevates your breathing might feel a lot more shallow and a lot more tight. Um, and what the, what the brain is really doing is it's priming you for action. So you can imagine mm. if you're walking through a field that uh, you know, in the wild, yeah, and you see a lion, you know, right there and then, you know, your life is in danger. And so your body is saying, well, there's three things we can do to cope with this. The one is we can run away, mm. you know, so flee. The other one is we could fight. We can put up a good fight and see if we can win that way. And the other way is maybe we just stand dead still and we freeze and do nothing. Mm. Um, and so then around sort of this limbic brain, you've got what we call the neocortex, or they also call it the new brain. And most of the things we do within our work uh, day comes out of that part of the brain, the outer cortex, but it's very energy hungry. And so what the emotional brain does is the emotional brain just says, whoa, we don't have time to expend a lot of energy thinking. What Mm -hmm. we've really got to do is we've got to get into action. And so that's how often you find, you know, three main ways that people respond to change. The one is they do absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. They go into a panic. They sort of just freeze, um, and they, they kind of know they should be doing something, but they just don't seem to find the energy sure. to do it. So that's mm. the one way that people co- try to cope with change. The other way that people try to cope with change is they're just going to fight mode, which means everything becomes a fire that they've got to put out, mm. um, and they really you know, sort of fight their way through the change. Um, so they go and they almost confront it, and they engage it, and they become very vocal, etc., and then the other way of, of, of encountering change or engaging with change is people sometimes just run away. Mm. And we've got lots of different ways that we try to run away or we try to hide. Yes. Um, you know, things like, you know, doing a whole lot more digital than what I, what I used to do mm. or binging on Netflix, you know, taking away from mm. the unpleasant reality that I'm faced with. Some people put more time and effort into their sports. Some people, you know, just dive yes. down into their book. Um, and all the while, we've kind of got change standing at the door and change is asking, you know, can we, can we actually kind of engage 
um, and yes. start to kind of get real with what's actually happening. Can I add to that? Do you think when you come to the emotional level that fear is one of the biggest things that that, that people experience um, and, and sometimes fear of the uncertain when that kicks in, that, that it's not really um, something you can react to. It's like that underlining um, fear of, of what's to come. Absolutely. So this adrenaline that gets pumped into our veins um, you know, redirects the blood supply away from all the feel-good stuff mm. and redirects it to all the muscle groups in our body that, that obviously need to do what they need to do. But that adrenaline mm. um, creates the feeling of fear. And yes. what we often talk about is we talk about anxiety. Mm. So we start to feel really anxious. Um, and, and another reason why we often feel anxious is because we're not 100% sure how we're actually going to get through this. If we mm. feel... If you just think some of the changes we've had to, you know, endure over the last two years have been really massive changes, like people losing their jobs um, Mm. or people starting to work from home. And while we thought that would be a good thing, we forgot that we'd have children at home that needed our attention. Yes. Um, You know, and so there's all these big changes and we just don't have the building blocks or the plans to be able to say, hey, I've got this. I know how to do this. And so that also leaves us feeling very fearful um, and very anxious. And also just the fact of adapting from, from, from what you were used to to now something that suddenly has changed. That whole Absolutely. part of adapting. And mm-hmm. um, I also find, and I'm just adding, I know it's probably not all related to maybe what you're saying, but I find that people have become really creative during a time of change because when you have to adapt you have to become creative you have to start thinking differently doing things differently and looking at things differently even though initially it's fear and anxiety but um, it's almost that survival what do I do to need to survive and that's where you said that doing comes in that 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 adrenaline of I I have to do something to make it work Absolutely. And, and the other thing is what's very interesting about this little chemical called, this hormone called adrenaline, is that we experience excitement and we experience fear through the same hormone sure. called adrenaline. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only difference that they found in the brain is based on the story we tell ourselves the- about what we're confronted with. So, for instance, the same adrenaline comes into our system But if we have a positive story Mm. that we're telling, in other words, if we have a deeply felt belief system that says, I'm going to be okay, Mm. I can be resourceful, you know, there is hope, I'm not alone, God is with me, Mm. even in this terrible experience, then all of a sudden we've kind of switched on to excitement and Mm. we've switched on to courage and we've switched on to be able to find a way to actually get through that as opposed to the paralyzing feelings that we can have mm. when all we have is a, a, a negative outlook and a negative story, which then ultimately then leads us almost into sort of that self-fulfilling prophecy with the very thing, you know, where God says of Job or Job says of himself, it is the very thing that I have feared has, has actually come, come upon mm. me. And that was much more to do with what the story that he had and the deeply felt belief system that he had versus the actual things that were happening Mm. to him. And that also brings me to how powerful our minds are. 
you know, because that scripture in Proverbs that says, so a man thinks in his heart, so he will become. So it just pinpoints that how we interpret something and what we allow to allow ourselves to, you know, interpret the situation and what we choose to believe about the situation. Yeah, that is very powerful. Absolutely. And, and and that, again, you know, is also backed up by the neuroscience. So mm. we know, for instance, that, you know, this emotional brain is making all of its decisions based on the deeply held belief system that we have. Um, and then using that deeply held belief system to try to navigate away through the change. Mm. And so, so that's a critical piece. As a man thinks in his heart, so it is. Yes. And so we see that, you know, and, and that's, what, that's why change can often leave us feeling a lot less like ourselves because we suddenly get confronted with some of the deeply felt or held beliefs that we have. Um, and they're informing all of our life decisions anyway. We're just not as conscious of them mm-hmm. until we sort of confront it with massive change because then we've got to dig deep. And when we dig deep, we kind of come up with whatever's on the inside. So, so they often say you can't give what you don't have within, yes. and and so that becomes you know quite um, quite compelling. It can be you know quite scary to see what it is that we really believe, mm-hmm. um, and and but it's also a great opportunity, I think, for us to be able to say, hey, you know, I, I didn't realize that I was so fearful or that I you know was believing this, and maybe it's time that I look to the Word of God and see mm-hmm. what Jesus really has about this and what he thinks about this mm. and start to replace my deeply held beliefs with the word of God which is true and everlasting yes so yeah so, so I guess that's a big piece around you know why we feel so bad when things are yes. changing because it's because we do have you know all these chemicals mm. that are coursing through our veins um, and and we're not always in our mm. most relaxed state we're mm. on high alert so yes. to speak um, and that is not not. It's a little bit, a little bit like you know when you've got to go out there and play a big rugby game or a rugby match. You've got to get up and do a big talk in front of someone. Mm. You know, the adrenaline is yes. helpful because it makes us our best. But if there's too much of that, then we can actually start to feel a lot worse yes. instead of a lot better. And so that's a big piece of what's mm. actually happening sure. within when it comes to change. And tell me also, Shane. Um. Why do we seem to feel tired all the time in this time where there's so much change and so many things going on? And and I know there's so many people that saying, you know, I am so tired. I'm just tired. And I, and we've been hearing that a lot. I know we, we chatted about it. Um, yeah. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that and how change, um, you know, affects our, our, our state of being? Absolutely. So, so the reality is we get tired all the time, um, or we, we find ourselves feeling more and more tired because what the brain also does is the things that we repeatedly do, the brain hardwires that. In others, it creates a very um, energy-efficient circuit in the mind um, and in the body in order to do those things without requiring a huge amount of energy. So, for instance, mm. when you drive your car, that's something you do repeatedly. Yeah, automatically. So says, yeah, automatically. So the brain says, oh, wow, we seem to be doing a lot of this. We, we brush our teeth, hopefully, mm. every day. So the brain says, we're not going to spend a lot of energy on trying to figure out how to do this. 
We know the step so well by now that we're actually going to just put it into the part of the brain which requires a very little bit of energy. Mm. However, when we're confronted with large amounts of change, um, you know, moving parts of in our lives, for instance, we've come home, we're now working, you know, and we're not taking breaks, so we're not, we're not getting into that other state that the human is in, which is really what we call the rest, relax, and restore mm. state. So when you go to sleep or when we're doing the things we love most to do, then your body enters in a rest, relax, and restore state. It switches off all the adrenaline. And then what happens is it says, great, we've got time now to replenish. We've got time to rebuild. Mm -hmm. So often that's the time when we're feeling a little hungry. We get some good food in. And the body can then make sure that it's got enough energy to do everything it needs to do. However, when we're under stress, what it does is it suspends the rest, restore, and relax. And now what's happening is we're burning fuel, burning literally yes. emotional energy, physical energy, um, just all the time because now we're trying to make plans and we're trying to figure things out and we, mm. we, you know, we, we've, got to, we've got to do something different and we're not sure what to do and we're feeling uncertain so we're trying to cope with those terrible emotions mm. you know, of fear and anxiety and sadness, even, even just you know, the loss of, of things that are not going like we'd hoped they would go. Um, so all of those things take physiological energy. Yes. And then what's worse is we, we then, because we may be feeling anxious um, and because we spend a lot more time trying to just cope, mm. we often don't get the sleep we need, mm. which then further depletes our energy supply. And so what we end up doing is we may find ourselves waking up in the middle of the night, um, you know, not getting a full night's uh, rest, or yes. we find that our sleep is sort of, you know, troubled, um, and that further then just, you know, compounds mm. this whole stress effect, and we never, we never actually coming off high alert, and that's yes. what ultimately then creates this, this, this tiring feeling. Yeah, no, and I so can we even... are tired. Mm. We are actually tired. That's the reality. Your body's saying, hey, because you know, I need a break. Yes, yeah. and you and yeah. I suppose your mind is trying to make sense of of everything, and then on the one hand, you say you can't think; you need to to do. So your mind's yes. trying to adjust to the change. You physically go into work mode because you need yes. to make something happen, and um, yeah, now I can imagine, and and the stress and the anxiety and all that goes with it. Um, yeah. yeah, I must have had a, a week or two of those where you, there's just so much going on and then you, you can't sleep at night. You, you just lie awake yeah. and you think, what am I going to do? How am I going to deal with the situation? And yeah, yeah and that's that. And I know you're heading body, for burnout. Yeah, and the, body, and the body is amazing that way mm. because what the body says is the body says during the day, we're so inundated with tasks that we've got to get done and things that need our attention, that we don't have time to give attention to the things that are bothering us deeply. That's true. And then what happens is as we go to sleep at night, around about between 12 and 2, we, it's quiet enough. We've got enough, the body's sort of been able to re-energize a little bit. Mm. And it says, wow, there's nothing else demanding our attention right now. So let's wake you up. And let's have a conversation and let's put onto your <laughs> fun screen, so to speak. Um, let's put on all those things that are bothering you deeply yeah. because now's a good time to actually give it some attention mm. um, when all we really want to do is kind of yeah, say, no, sleep. I don't want to give it attention. I just want to sleep. And so 
The sense-making that you mentioned, Alana, is, is that sense-making is something that's mm-hmm. happening within what we call the rational thinking brain yes. or the neocortex. And remember I said right at the very beginning is that that part of our brain is very energy hungry. Mm. Why is it energy hungry? Well, because it literally needs to form the neurons that can hold the information because we often don't have little containers to be able to store the information that's new and fresh. And that's the same as when we're, you know, undergoing uh, school and we're learning about a new subject. The brain has to physiologically form that specialized brain cell in order to hold the information. And that takes a heck of a lot of energy to do that, as opposed to having the brain cells, you know, which is Mm. the hardwiring. And that doesn't take any more energy because now the cells have already been made. The little container to hold the information has already been made. And so that's a big piece of Mm. why we actually feel so tired all the time, Mm. because change, even good change, takes a huge amount of energy mm. um, in order to, you know, keep us at our best. But at least the good change is the positive mindset <laughs> that mm-hmm. goes with mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. now I hear what you're saying. And um, tell me, how, how can we, um, you know, can you give us some practical tips on how we can thrive during this time of change? Absolutely. So I think I think one of the most important things that we have to manage when we're going through change is we need to be able to switch off our stress or our high alert system. And the best way to be able to do that is to do the very thing we do automatically, and that is to breathe. So what mm-hmm. we found in the field of neuroscience, um, you know, is and it's quite, it's quite fascinating because if you just look at Genesis chapter one. You know, it says that God breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life, and he became a living being. And it's almost right at the very outset of Genesis and creation, God set the thing that would be most important to our livelihood here on this earth. Mm. And that was that we need to breathe. And so what we find is, um, even within the United States, the, United, the, 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 um, the Defense Force, the Marines, they, they teach them, um, in order to control their stress, what they can do is they can regulate their heart rate down because obviously your heart rate is increased when you're feeling stressful. Sure. But through breathing, we can actually lower our, our, our stress mm. and we can lower our heart rate. And by lowering our heart rate, we send a message to the brain to say, hey, it's not that bad. Mm. We're okay. And then we can start, it switches off the adrenaline and then switches on the the relax, the restore, and the renew function within the body. So the first most important thing, the first tip I'd have for our listeners today is that you need to manage your stress down Mm. by switching off the stress response. And and we do that best by breathing. And so deep breathing is a wonderful technique where all we're doing is we're breathing in on the count of five and we hold it just for a a Mm. little moment and then we breathe out on the count of five. And what you'll find is as you breathe in deeply, and the idea is to breathe into the stomach, so not not fast, shallow breathing, because that's what you do when you're anxious, but the slow, um, sort of almost meditative kind of breathing mm. that you do when you're more like you when you're asleep, that sort of slower, deep breathing. Yes. When you do that, we get good oxygen into our body and into our brains, and mm. we switch off the stress, and now we can have the full functioning of our brains back and available to us, we feel much more like ourselves. So that's the yeah. first thing I would say. Is we've it's got a very practical, that's great. It's yeah. a practical exercise. And, and I would say if you can do that, if you can breathe deeply like that, 
um, for at least three times a day if you're feeling stressful. Sort of in the morning when you wake up, start your day by deep breathing. And you want to breathe like that for at least three minutes. Mm. So three times a day for three minutes at each time. Then again at lunchtime, you want to breathe in the same way. Find a quiet, you know, sort of nice place where you can feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. Breathe again for three minutes, and then and then at night before you go to sleep, uh, or when you're coming home from work, make sure that you've got three minutes just to breathe again. So that's the one thing I would say is you know use breathing to mm-hmm. lower your stress levels. The second one that is so important for when we're going through change is we must acknowledge that change is actually happening. The worst thing that we can do is almost to deny the change. Mm-hmm. Say, oh no, you know this is going to be okay, and And, you know, I'm just going to carry on doing what I've always done. That's the worst thing we can do. We need to actually stop and say, Mm -hmm. hey, the world, our environment, the way we've been living, the way we've been in this world, it's changing. And I need to be able to then, together with acknowledging that change, Mm -hmm. because you see, I can't work with anything that I can't acknowledge. Yes, that's very true. While it's not on my front stage, I can't do anything about it. I can't engage it effectively if I'm just trying to ignore it. So we must acknowledge it and name it. And the way I like to name change is to say, um, I'm going from this to this. So to use a practical example, I'm going from working at work Mm. to working at home. And what this does then for the mind is it frames the change in such a way to say, Mm. one, I need to let go of all the things that allowed me to work well at work, mm. and I need to get all the things now that will allow me to work well at home. Mm. Um, and so by naming it in that way, we also then set up sort of a bit of a gap analysis for ourselves or a gap between where we are and where we want to be. Um, and in that way, then, we can really start to uh, see what the journey or the path mm. would be in order to get through the change. So that would be the second sure. thing I would say acknowledge the change and give it a name. You know, this Mm -hmm. is the change, uh, you know, where I've moved from working at work to working at home. Or, um, you know, this is the change I'm going through in my life now um, where I've had kids and now it's going to just be me and my husband or me and my wife. So we name the change. That signals to the brain that there's certain pieces we can let go of and then new things that we can make space for. Mm. The third thing I would say, which is absolutely critical, which goes hand in hand with all of this, is we need to give ourselves permission to be human and give ourselves permission to go through the change and find ourselves somewhat different on the other side. When we do that, we actually um, sort of, you know, send off signals to actually help our bodies and help our mind and help our heart to actually then go through the change in a much much better way. You can imagine, um, you know, if, if you've got a child and you want to kind of move in from one place to the other, if they dig in their heels and they don't give their permission to go along, mm. it's going to be a real struggle yes. to move them, let's say, you know, from the kitchen to the bathroom where they need to have a bath. Mm. But if they, can't, if, they, if they accept that, and they say, well, I'm moving from the, you know, from the kitchen to the bars, I'm going to have a nice bath, and they give their permission, mm-hmm. then you can have a nice conversation with them all the way through to the bathroom, and it can be much more pleasant than if they were just resisting. Yes. So that's the third thing I would say is, is absolutely important. The fourth thing then is to 
I've seen a lot of people sort of get stuck in change because they're either fighting so much or they're trying to run away mm. or they're just doing nothing. They've, they've gotten, they're kind of just frozen. And the only way we get through change is one, give ourselves permission and two, is then to actually make choices. Sure. We will not go through change effectively if we don't make choices. And, so the, and, and that doesn't mean we're always going to make the right choice, but we need to make the best possible choice that we know how to make. And a good choice, I would say, is a choice that really uh, involves prayer and, and has God's perspective in it. Mm. A good choice is a choice that allows us to be more of ourselves, not less of ourselves. Mm. Um, a good choice is also a choice that allows us to engage in a healthy way with our environment, not in an unhealthy way mm. uh, of our environment. And so we've got to ultimately choose our response. We've got to choose when change comes to the front door, how do I want to engage change? Mm. And that's a personal thing for everybody. Not everybody engages change in mm. the same way. Can I add um, to can I add to that? Sorry, Shang. Do you do, think that sometimes um, this just came to mind, the biggest mistake that people make during the change, just to add to that, is they think that if they're gonna carry on doing the same thing um, you know, that they, they want to carry on doing what they normally do, but then yeah. it doesn't work out. No, it doesn't. Because you see, what's happening, Alana, is, is we've kind of developed a way of being, but that was based on an environment that was also in a certain way. Now the environment's changed. We can't mm. always be the same. We have to adapt. We mm. have to make different choices. And you might say, you know, well, I still want to be able to earn so much money and I still want to be able to love my husband or my wife and I still want mm. to, be able to spend time with my children. But then you've got to put those things down on what I like to call a North Star mm. to say, I don't know exactly how it's going to work out, but these are the things that are really important to me. I still want to be able to love my God. I still mm. want to be able to, you know, spend time with Him, etc. Um, and so absolutely, I think we've got to be willing then to be different on the other side of mm. change and allow God to take us on a journey uh, which will allow us to do that. The last thing, if I may mm, say, yes. um, just the last tip, the sort of fifth thing that I think is really helpful from a change perspective is if we can keep hope alive, yes. um, what we found with the human design, that we, the human design is the most resilient species on the face of the earth. Mm. The, man has endured some of the most harsh and critical situations than any other species, and he's managed to survive. But mm. the one important ingredient is you've got to keep hope alive. If you don't keep hope alive, then we quickly sort of just, you know, acquiesce to whatever's coming mm. through. We get negative, and that's a very bad downward spiral that takes us away from life. So, you know, keeping our hope alive, there are many ways of keeping our hope alive. Mm. One of the ways is obviously, you know, to, to look at the scriptures and to read the scriptures because mm. that inspires us, it reminds us of the fact that we're not alone, that God mm. is with us. Even though we can't feel it, even though from our perspective we can't see him, from his perspective, which is the perspective he's written the Bible from, he said, I will never leave you, mm. I will never forsake Amen. you. I will always be with you. And so what we know about change is much better when we aren't doing it alone, but when we're doing it with company, yes. with someone that we really, really love deeply. And so being able to do change 
with a loving creator who has our best interest at heart, um, you know, will help us to keep the hope alive. And I'm, I'm reminded there of, of just a few scriptures, which, which was so encouraging for me. You know, Jesus never ignored reality. He didn't have the super positive view of the world. But what he did say, he said, he said in this world, in John 17, you will have trouble. Mm. You will have trouble. But, he says, take heart. In other words, look to your heart. Look to my dwelling place within you. Because I have overcome this world. I have been through the worst mm. that can be happening in this world. And I have managed to stay connected to my Father. And in the same way, you know, you can stay connected to me through this change. And then we see Paul writing to the Philippians in Philippians 4. You know, it's all about sort of managing down the street. He says, be anxious for nothing. Why? Well, because being anxious doesn't help us. Mm. He says, be anxious for nothing. And what should we do instead of being anxious? Well, he says, but in all things, make your requests known to God with thanksgiving. And by doing that, by, by, by telling God what it is we, we're experiencing and what we need most right now, mm. we'll also keep our relational circuitry on, um, which then really helps us to cope with the change a lot yes. better. And then the last scripture, which is just so beautiful, you know, it says in Proverbs 3, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart mm. and lean not on your own understanding. For in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will then direct your paths. And, and Einstein was probably one of the smartest guys that ever lived, and he said that we cannot solve the problems we're sitting with with the same level of thinking that created them. Mm. In other words, what he was essentially saying is we need a higher level of thinking. And so that's why the Scripture is just so powerful, because it's saying trust in the Lord with all your heart, but don't trust in your own understanding yes. of things, but look to me, look to my higher way, mm. Um, and as you acknowledge me in the situation, as you acknowledge my higher ways, you're giving me a chance to direct your path. And so you'll, you'll come up with ideas, like you said, Alana, you know, new ways of being able to mm. earn a, a living, new ways. And God is so creative when it comes to meeting yes. our every need and keeping us, um, you know, just keeping us alive and well within his family. Oh, that is awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think about it. You know, things change in this world, but God is a God that never changes. But yeah. on that, Shane, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with this conversation. Thanks. Fantastic. Thank you. This is Alana Willifee with Body Matters, and I'm chatting to Shane Johansson about change and how we can thrive in times of change. We are nearly also at the end of this program, so if you guys would like to grab a pen and paper, um, I'll be asking Shane to give his details in a few minutes. So, um, Shane, I just wanted to ask you, with all your dealings and work that you guys have done, is there any testimonies that um, stood out for you? Um, with people that you've worked with? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Lana, I think, you know, one of the things um, that has been so meaningful, obviously, you know, having worked in change so much, um, you know, when such big changes pull through, you want to be able to test a lot of the, the things that you've seen work for others, even yes. on your own life. Mm. And so we, right at the very beginning, you know, sort of went through um, the whole change, managed anxiety, and we really sort of ask God to, to kind of take our hands and to lead us through the big changes that we're pulling through. And so initially, we did lose quite a lot of business, but all through that, we mm. felt 
that the, a, a strong sense of God's peace, um, that he was sort of redirecting us, that he was, um, you know, sort of repositioning us in a different way. And in actual fact, about 18 months prior to the whole lockdown and COVID and all the changes put into our South God saying that we needed to build a digital version of the business that we're in mm, and create an sure. online platform wow. where where people can come and access. And that se- sort of seemed like a very strange thing, mm. even though we had a sense that the world was moving that way, but we really felt God putting some energy into that for us and attention on that. And so mm. it was so lovely to be able to have that positioning, mm. you know, in preparing us for that, for the big change that we're in. And so that allowed us then to spend quite a lot of time on actually getting our uh, digital platform up and running and taking a lot of the work that we do and recording that and making that mm. available to our clients, et cetera. And so I guess that's one of the yes. one of the testimonies that I have, um, you know, just in terms of how God, mm. when, you, when you are trusting in the Lord with all your heart and not leaning on your own understanding, because initially my my response was, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm going to get all my clients and I'm going to really work hard and I'm going to yes. do all of these things. But I really just felt God saying, it's okay, you know, I've positioned you for this. And, and and having looked back, I can see over the last two years that God has really hid us from a lot of the challenges that people are facing, you know, out mm. there in the world. And yet we have not lacked a single thing. Wow. He, has brought, he has brought new clients to us. He's brought new business to us. Um, you know, I keep saying mm. to my wife, there's sugar in the pot today and it looks like there's even enough for tomorrow. <laughs> and that means also, that God is providing in a yes. huge way. So, yeah, uh, I, I think that would be Yes, no, that is amazing, and I think you know, with the with the whole new technology, you're almost able to reach more people than you would if you you did it practically or physically, getting into your car, um, saving time, saving um, you know a lot of driving around, and yes, yeah, so I think the the technology which, which God has prepared you for is, is also. Um, you know, they to to um to reach more people. That's all I can yeah, say. So God is no, good. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, Shan, I'm sure there's so many people that's found this program so interesting, like me. Just you know, how do we, you know, analyze ourselves, the way we think, the way we react, and um, you know, the human body is so. Um, God has created us so complex. I mean, He's put in the smallest detail that you know. In, that's in us and I think sometimes we're stronger than what we really think we are and our, our bodies can um, you know absorb a lot and take a lot and we we people that were meant to survive um, and thrive during this time and yeah. Um, so yeah I would just like to ask you if you can give some of your details if you've got a web page site or your email mm-hmm. address if anybody would like to you know get involved or contact you Yes, 100%. Thank you for that. So the best place and the easiest place to get hold of us would be to go to our website, which is www.i for indigo, d for design, and then the number 3.co.za. So www.id3.co.za. And over there, you can find out a whole lot more about what we do and how we do it and some of the clients we work with. And you can also then just put in a request and we'll respond to that request and get hold of you and then find ways that we can support you. Um, Alana, I wonder if yes. I could just read one more scripture. Yes, sure. Um, which God has impressed upon my heart for today. And it's, mm. it's Psalm 84, and it talks all about 
change. And, and mm. the, the, the uh, psalmist starts off and says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts, is remembering God's house. He says, My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh, they cry out for the living God. Even the sparrows found a home, and the swallow a nest with self wishing they lay her young. Even your altars, O God, my King. He says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, for they will still be praising you. And then he goes on to say, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, and whose heart is set on pilgrimage, whose heart is set on change. Wow. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which is the valley of weeping, and there's been a mm. lot of weeping in the yes, world, they true. make it a spring because they go through it with God. The rain covers it with pools, and they go from strength to strength. And each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayers. Give ear, O God of my Jacob. O God, behold our shield. Look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. And I'd much rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. And no good thing will he withhold from those who walk with him. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And I thought that was such an appropriate scripture to share of how we can most effectively get through change. Sure. And that's such a powerful way to end our discussion. And yes, and I would love to ask you on that note, Shane, can you perhaps pray for our audience today? Absolutely. Thank you. Father, thank you so much that you are not surprised by all the changes that we go through within our lives and definitely not the big changes that are happening in the world. And so, Father, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you that you are able to make this immense time of anxiety and change. You're able to make it a spring that brings forth living water. You're able to put us into a place that is much better than we were before as we look to you, as we trust you. And so, Father, I pray for the listeners today. I pray, Father, that you would calm their anxieties. I pray that you would remind them of all the good things that you have done in their life. I pray, Father, that you would draw close to them and that you'd find a unique way to speak to every single one of them and that you would do exactly what you said you will do in your word, that you will direct their paths and lead them back to your house, that you would lead them, Father, uh, to find themselves surrounded by your goodness, surrounded by a broad and a wide and open place where they can really just love you and love those that they're with. So we commit all of that to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Shane, so much for joining us and for giving us your input. And yes, it was so powerful and it was such an interesting topic. And I I pray God's greatest blessings over your business and over your ministry, because I know it's also part of your ministry. And yeah, you must, um, yeah, we'd love to to chat to you again in the future. So thanks for joining this program. Wonderful. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege, Alana. Thank you so much. And unfortunately, this is the end of my program. 
Um, if you'd like to comment on this topic, please go to Radio K Pulpit's webpage, click on what's on the WhatsApp button and type in Body Matters. And then just send us your comment. We'd really like to hear from you. And so thank you for joining me. We will meet again next Saturday, same time, same frequency, with much more great conversation from me, Alana Willifee. Have a blessed week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.